First came automation, the realization that some aspects of workflow can be done by machines. Next came the integration of artificial intelligence into IT operations, robotic process automations, decision management, and business automation, resulting in cost reductions in doing more with less, as some would say, it, maybe even more accurately as well. Now, coincidentally, automation is being seen as helping alleviate the skills shortage businesses are currently experiencing across the business functions. With greater expectations around work-life balance, automation is seen as making companies healthier. Now, all the good news aside, a challenge remains. A study by the Economist Intelligence Unit says despite 91% of surveyed organizations deploying automation, only 53% are fully utilizing it. As automation technology and its use matures, it is time to take all of this to the next level. In this podcast for Future CIO, we are joined by Dinesh Nirmal, General Manager, IBM Automation, AI, and Data, to talk to us about the rise of the Chief Automation Officer. Dinesh, welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. Really good to be here. What is different about automation that we have today compared to me about five years ago? That's a really good question. So to answer that, let me take a two-pronged approach. One is what is really driving the automation, right? Why are customers, enterprises really aggressively going on a path of automation? A few things. One, there's the skills gap like you talked about. There is the mass resignation. There's the COVID that accelerated it. But more than anything, what is driving automation is every enterprise is trying to get a happy customer. What what does that mean by happy customer, right? I mean, I'll give you a few examples. One, if you think about it, you know, we work with airlines. Before, it used to be that you have to have a, a paper boarding pass. You have to go talk to someone. There's a human touch, human interaction. But today, look at it, right? By the swipe of your phone, your check-in process is done. You're at the gate other than the security in a very fast pace. Same thing. You look at insurance companies. How are they using automation? They are using in a way that an accident happens, you can take a picture of that damage, upload that picture. They quickly come back to you with a coat, a body shop that you can go to. What used to take days, weeks, even sometimes months is done in hours. Once again, happy customer. We are working with McDonald's, for example, to completely automate the order taking at a kiosk when you drive through. What an easy way for me as a happy customer to get to my meal much faster through that process. So if you ask me, that is what is driving, which is beyond all the skill shortage, mass resignation, cost savings, optimization, productivity. There's one thing that every enterprise is driving towards, which is how do I get a happy customer? How do I make sure that my customer is satisfied. So that's one. The second is advent of technology. If you look at automation in the past, it was rules engines or decisions that drove it along with statistical models. You know, some of the basic tooling that was available that drove automation, run books. But look at the last five years. I mean, the advent of AI, ML and RPA, technologies like RPA, process mining, has really helping enterprises really define 
and quickly get to automation that they couldn't do five years ago. Today, I can bring a process mining tool, deploy it, and very fast, I can identify 10 or 20 of my processes that I can quickly automate. Then what are the savings out of those 10 processes? Are they straight through process? Is there a human in the loop? If there is a human in the loop, can I put a rules engine in there? So it really helps from a technology perspective. The surety level of these technologies have increased in the last five years where I can really use AI, for example, right? I mean, when I call a customer service center, it's basically chatbots or RPA bots that's really helping someone who takes the call to automate that process and create a happy customer. So all these technologies in the last five years has really helped enterprise take it to the next level in automation, along with what is driving the automation, which is how can I make my customer feel better? How can I make my customer a happy customer? One of the things that we've noticed recently, with so much talk about automation, whether in finance or sales and marketing or operations or even the shop floor, the production, uh, there's this new terminology, this new title that's come up about recently, which is called Chief Automation Officer. If you could share with us, what exactly are the primary roles and responsibilities of this new position? So I wrote an article on this, how the advent of chief automation officer is coming. So if I were to look at the next decade, it's going to be a decade for automation. Every enterprise, every business will automate with a lights out operation. They have to, to survive and succeed, they will have to do it because eventually what does that do? I mean, you know, it does give you the optimization. It does give you the productivity. It gives you enablement for your employees to go create more more valuable time to go do innovation, all those things. But like I said before, it eventually gives you the opportunity to create more customers and satisfied customers. And that's what drives any enterprise, right? In the past, there used to be CIO, Chief Information Officer. Then we had CDO, Chief Data Officer. We have CSO, Chief Security Officer. I think the next phase is Chief Automation Officer. One of the most critical roles in any enterprise is going to be around who is leading the automation practice within that enterprise. And that spans every division, whether it's the line of business, whether it's the finance, whether it's the HR division, versus the sales division, you have to automate across all divisions and really secure enough savings and time to go focus on the new innovations that will take that enterprise to the next level. And that's why I use the word survive and succeed for enterprises. Who else can do it, right? I mean, CDO cannot do it. CSO cannot do it. CIO cannot do it. There has to be a person responsible to make sure that the enterprise is taking the right set of steps, acquiring the right set of tools, using the right set of methodologies to drive not only savings from a time perspective, but also driving and grow revenue as part of it. And for that, a chief automation officer is very critical. And the reason I said the next decade is because, you know, look at the geopolitical issues, the supply chain issues, the mass resignations, you know, people with COVID reputation probably coming. How do you make sure your enterprise is ready for it? And for that readiness, you need somebody who's responsible single-handedly to drive automation across that enterprise. At what point does an organization, a company decide that, yeah, we, we need this executive level responsibility, the CAO? How does a company decide that they need one? 
So I would say it's dependent on the company itself, but it's going to be a necessity to have an automation officer. So the reason I say is that because, you know, you look at CDO, for example, a chief data officer, we could ask the same question, you know, why do we need a chief data officer? Because there's proliferation of data happening, whether it's structured data, unstructured data, semi-structured data, transactional data. You need someone to manage that data, govern that data, put privacy policies on that data. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done on that data to have a chief automation officer. And it doesn't matter the size of the organization, you need somebody who's going to look across your enterprise and do distributed governance on that data, make a trusted data. That person has to be there. Same goes for automation, regardless of the size of the organization, Alan, there exists a need for someone to completely automate the enterprise or the small organizations. Why? Because what is every enterprise trying to do? One, acquire customer, retain customer, and satisfy customers. Those are the three core elements, right? I mean, if you don't have any customers, then obviously you are not a business. So you're always trying to acquire customers. The second phase is you're trying to retain customers. And third is you're trying to really not lose customers, right? So how do you do that? You can only do that through digitization because nobody has the patience to wait for five seconds for a page to come up when you do a search. That's the world we live in. So if it's not digitized and automated, your customers are not coming, your customers not are retained, and the customers will leave and the competition will take it. So there requires a need for a chief automation officer to make sure that the enterprise is digitized because there's no digitization without automation. And when you digitize an enterprise, you make it much more customer friendly. And that's why automation officer is needed because you want to digitize your enterprise and get the savings and get, create a happy customer. What qualifications or experience and background perhaps is needed if a company is trying to hire or bring on board that title, that responsibility? I mean, a few things, right? I mean, obviously, once you get to a C-level executive, you already have the organizational skills. So that's a given piece that you have good organizational skills. Obviously, you have good collaboration skills because just like anything else at a C-level, you're expected to work with other C-C executives to bring your you know, agenda or your, your strategy together and execute on it. So a lot of collaboration is needed. But for most thing I would say is you know, the technical skills. Being an automation officer is all about understanding what technology do you have today? Are you using rules engine? Are you using workflow? What kind of a workflow engine are you using? Is it a low code, no code, so that we can really make it even faster implementation where a citizen developer or a line of business can quickly develop this application. So it has to be very technical who understands the technology, not from a programming language, but from an automation perspective. So if I were to look at any enterprise, there's two areas which really exist. One is the line of business, and the second is the IT. So if I look at line of business, right, what are the core set of common attributes line of business look for? One is process mining. How do I bring this right set of process mining tools to automate a process? Two is RPA. Can I pick and understand where, which functions I can use RPA or bots in? Because there might be areas where I cannot really use bots because bots a lot of times contain data. So you have to work with the CDO to make sure 
that data is not PII data. That data is not sensitive data, right? So that's why I said it's a very collaborative role. Three, a workflow engine. You need to make sure that you have a lot of processes. You know, are they straight through processes? Are they multi-joint processes? How long does it run? All those things. Three, a rules engine. What rules engine do I use to make sure that there's a human touch? I can do that. Last but not least is a capture process. How do I automate a document that comes in that can be captured the right fields and automatically ended into the fields that I want. There's different technologies there, OCR, ICR, right, which is handwritten, one is document read. So you have to have a complete understanding of automation space, not just from what enterprises do, but the technologies that's being used to automate. So I would say three core competencies. One, clearly technical, but broad, not depth, broad from an automation perspective. Two, collaborative skills, because it's going to take tremendous amount of collaboration to make sure that this individual does a good job from a collaboration perspective. Three, a business acumen, right? By that, I mean by what are these automations? How are that translating into savings and really driving more savings for the enterprise? Fourth one is a customer-centric mindset, because Eventually, automation is all about digitization. Digitization is customer acquisition and customer retention. Because without digitization in this day and age, you cannot do customer acquisition and customer retention. So those are the four things I would say, Ellen, are core and important to an automation officer, starting with a broad technical acumen. Given that, okay, the companies decided we will get this person as chief automation officer. Unfortunately, given that the role is relative new, there are probably not many people out there with this title. How does a company then acquire such a talent? And is it best to promote from within? And which type of experience does one look for to hone and build into this CAO responsibility? Yeah, I mean, I think there's benefits and drawbacks. If you were to invest and grow someone from inside, obviously that individual has a really good understanding of the environment, really understand how they are implementing different processes, how they are doing different organizational challenges dealing with. So all those things will be a plus point. Now, if you bring someone from outside, right, there are also benefits because one benefit is that you get a fresh pair of eyes looking at the problem that nobody else have looked before. I mean, that could be a very positive thing for the enterprise. So there's pluses and minuses. I mean, I would say other other thing is that anyone who is coming from inside already have an established relationship that really helps from a collaborative perspective, organizational perspective, customer retention acquisition perspective, because he or she understands the business really well. You cannot bring someone completely from outside and expect to hit the ground running. So if I have a preference, I would say if we can find someone inside the company, but with a broad technical acumen around automation, that is the best fit. So how does an organization determine the proper reporting lines for the chief automation officer? There's a couple of ways to do it, right? I mean, one is obviously reporting to the CIO itself. Um, the other option, if it's a you know, medium-sized company, to have this chief automation officer report into the CEO itself. The reason I say it is because and I, I cannot repeat it enough, which is the next decade is going to be all about intelligent automation, whether it's using AI, whether it's using bots, whether it's using 
statistical models, whether it's using rules engine, you have to automate to get to a digitized phase. And for that, you need a strong individual leading this. And that individual need to be empowered to go do the right set of things. And how does empowerment comes? Empowerment comes when you are reporting to the right people who enables this individual to go execute on the right set of priorities. That's why it's important to report to the CEO or the CIO, because those are the two areas within the company that can unleash this individual to really go execute on the right set of technologies, look at right areas to start with on where automation can give the big benefit, and then you know focus on growing revenue and customer acquisition as part of it. With technology continuing to evolve, do you expect this uh, chief automation officer, this role, to eventually be integrated into perhaps other res- responsibilities? Yeah, I would say it will continue. Uh, it will continue for a couple of reasons. Because no enterprise will get to a lights-out operation in any near future. There's always going to be a human touch, human element involved. Because, I mean, you know, you could make the argument when a plane flies, probably most of the time it's autopilot. But there's a reason for the captain to be there. If something goes wrong, the captain is there to help. I think it doesn't matter if a plane can fly solo or a car can drive solo, there's always a human touch involved to kind of help. I think in automation, the same thing will continue, right? I mean, you're not going to let your mission critical application run automation without any human element in there. There's going to be some level of human element. And it's going to be an ongoing process of refining, optimizing, and delivering any automation work that any enterprise would do. Because as new technologies come, complexity only increases. Complexity never comes down. You know, so how do you bring more and more simplicity into that complexity is what enterprises will look at. And what is the best way to do it? You bring automation in. So if you ask me, this is a journey, I don't see an end to it whereby which we say automation is done, enterprise, we are done. We are going to have you go report to someone else or we're going to fold this role into something else. That's not going to be the case. Every enterprise is going to be focused on one goal, which is how do I get to a complete lights out operation and how can I get to a complete lights out automation within my enterprise? And that's a journey and and chief automation officer needs to be in that journey. And I don't think that's a destination. That's a journey that will continue. Dinesh, thank you for joining us on Podcast for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for having me. That was Dinesh Nirmal, General Manager, IBM Data, AI, and Automation, speaking to us on the topic of the rise of the Chief Automation Officer. You are listening in the podcast for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. Bye for now.